0: Podcasting the ins and outs of digital video. Digital video. This, this is the DV show. The DV show. The
1: DV show. All right. So, David, you have this uh, excellent book that I read from your website, and uh, you actually talk about making money with um, special interest videos or SIVs, is what you call them. Now, there's a lot of hype that surrounds this, at least in the past. So, you kind of clear things up with this with this book, right? Correct. That's all right. correct. All right. So, what is this all about? What is? It, I mean, can you really? I mean, the SIV market used to be really hot way back in the, let's say, the nineties. I mean, can you really be lucrative like that today?
0: Yeah. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of producers that are doing it. Uh, people like Vortex Media. They've got a videos out on the um, the EX one, uh, the the Sony. Um, Z1U okay. and FX1, it's it, it's it's very hot market right now. Uh, the reason why is people got away from doing special interest videos, and now all of a sudden they're coming back into it again because the market's opening back up for them.
1: Mm. Now, why is that?
0: Basically, back in the '90s, you had. Um, a lot of people promoting making special interest videos, and every, everybody started producing them on all kinds of topics, topics that weren't even relevant to a special interest video. And um, it, a lot of people got soured by it, and the special interest video market got a really bad name by it. But. You know, and people disappeared. People just kind of pulled out of the market and said, we're not doing this anymore. And then, starting right around, I going to say in the early 2000s, people started making special interest videos again and finding hey, there's a big demand for information.
1: Yeah. Now, some of these videos in the past, I remember, they were really bad. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, people today who see these kinds of special interest videos kind of think the same thing.
0: That's true. Uh, back then, a lot of people were using um, just VHS and yeah. creating a just shooting and mastering one of VHS and then making copies of that and then selling them as special interest videos. The thing is, is the, the quality wasn't that great, and but the information sometimes was pretty good. It, but it depends on top the topic matter. Um, for example, I remember one gentleman who decided he was going to make a special interest video and he was going to show you how to build a workbench for your garage. You know, And it was very poorly done and people just didn't have a demand for that information.
1: Yeah. So basically back then, people who were producing special interest videos really were making money. Well, not really a lot of money, but they were making, I mean, it really wasn't that lucrative then.
0: Well, it was for the certain people with certain topics. For example, a gentleman uh, by the name of Steve Bolander, who used to own Video Cam Productions, he came out with a series of instructional videos on, like, the MX50, the MX30, um, JVC edit desk. And then when he decided to get out of the business, we ended up buying him out. And it, even those videos to this day still sell very well.
1: Really? What are those videos?
0: Uh, we have them on the MX Panasonic MX50 mixer.
1: Yeah. Okay. Panasonic
0: MX30 mixer, uh, the JVC edit desk. That doesn't sell that well, but we've bundled it now with the um, three um, Professional Guide to Three CCD Cameras, which is all your Betacam and old VHS cameras, or SVHS cameras. And believe it or not, that one still sells very really well because people are buying Betacam equipment on the used market, and generally it doesn't come with any kind of manual. Uh-huh. so this video fills this, that gap same thing with the m x fifty mixers. There's not that many people making video mixers anymore and guys that are doing live switching need video mixers and the m x fifty is still the workhorse yeah and um we saw a lot of copies of that video
1: yeah that's a that's a good uh, that's a good switcher now what was your first special interest video?
0: We did one on upgrading the Tandy one thousand computers
1: oh my um, God.
0: Back then, we used to manufacture equipment for the Tandy 1000 computers memory boards, uh, add on cards, uh, things like that. And we found out that Tandy was going to be selling the business to Compact, and we decided, their computer business, and we decided what we were going to do was come out with some instructional videos on how to upgrade the Tandy 1000 computers. And when we did, everybody said, you guys are nuts! It's not going to sell. It's not going to go anywhere. We even sent it into a couple of uh, the higher end magazines, the um, uh, like Byte and PC World and PC Magazine, and they all came back and said, "You guys totally missed the boat." You know, <laughs> the TNT 1000 mark is too small. You missed the boat. Well, actually, it worked out to be the other way around. We actually hit the market right on the head with this. Um, wow. The first year, we sold over 2,500 copies of that video at about wow. 40 bucks a piece. Wow. And it, it was it was fantastic. And then we came out with a volume two. And then we did some other we did some of the other Tandy computers they had, and they did well, not as well as the Tandy 1000s, because that was their most popular computer. And we primarily marketed in magazines that uh, were based around the Tandy one thousand or the Tandy computers. Wow, so, and it did wonderful.
1: So would you say special interest videos are best for a niche market?
0: I find they work best in the niche market. One gentleman back then, um, he decided to come out with one on how to upgrade a PC. And I said, okay. And, you know, about six months after he came out with it, I noticed it was gone off the market. And I pulled out an old ad, and I called him, and we got talking about it. And he just said, you know, he said it wasn't specific on any computer, and therefore people wouldn't buy it.
1: Yeah.
0: People were calling up and saying, okay, I have a uh, an IBM PC, or I have an IBM clone, or I have a gateway, or I have an HP. They want to see a video specifically to that brand of computers. Mm. And he made his generalized, and he said he could not sell them. He said he was losing money uh, just from advertising them and the, with no sales. So he said, you know, he said, we must have hit it right on the head by going very specific. And I said, well, people want information that's very specific. It's just like, let's say you're going to buy a video camera. Okay, you're going to go out and buy a video camera. On general video cameras, on how to use any video camcorder, or are you 're going to buy one specific to your camcorder, mm. and people are going to buy one specific to their camcorder All right same thing with computers, same thing with just about anything. Uh, we found the same thing even in the animals. Um, we worked with one gentleman uh, years ago up in Pennsylvania who was doing one on dog training, and it was nice and it was a good video and We took it to uh, an obedience uh, school where they did obedience training for the dogs. And we showed the video. People liked it. And I said to the people, "So how many people would buy it? And only one person would raise their hand. <laughs> yeah. And I was kind of like, okay. And then we came <laughs> to find out was, is like, okay, like in this class, you had Rottweilers, German Shepherds, Doberman Pinchers, Poodles, um, you know, you name it, Huskies, everything were in there. And the only person that was interested in buying that video was the person who had the same dog that was being shown in the video.
1: Ah. Uh.
0: So we went back and we said, okay, make the video more specific. Make it for just German Shepherds. Make it for just Rottweilers. Make it for Shelties. Make it for you know Pomeranians, little dog. I said you got to make it very specific. When we made it specific, the sales then instantly took off wow. because people that had a German Shepherd would say, I have a German Shepherd, and they're going to buy a video on how to train your German Shepherd. They're not going to buy a video on how to train your dog. <laughs> they kind of shied away from that a little bit because on the cover of that, it may show um, a poodle, okay? And different animals have different characteristics and different traits. And so when you make a video specific, people kind of relate to it. They say, I have a German Shepherd. I want to buy this German Shepherd video. Mm-hmm. They're not going to buy just a dog training video. And that's been very true with a lot of markets.
1: Yeah. Now, your book, you take the business approach to special interest videos, and you kind of clear through all of the hype. Now, let's, let's, for our listeners, what is all of this hype? I mean, what are you kind of clearing away with this book? Okay.
0: A while back, and this is still kind of hung over from way back when, people were going out and saying, you know, Produce a special interest video and make $250,000 a year. Yikes. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and, and they say, just pick a topic. And I remember one video out on the market uh, where a guy was sitting in a chair, is just picking up magazines and saying, here, flip through any magazine. Here's an article. You can make a video on this and make you know, $100,000 this year off this video. <laughs> and it was like, it's not that easy. You know, uh, a magazine's a great place to get some ideas and some information, but you're not going to pick up an article and make a video off that article. Uh, and that's what a lot of people who were promoting making special interest videos were trying to do. And they were selling you the information. The, the videotapes were anywhere from 40 to $75 for a video on how to produce a special interest video. And some of the information was good, but a lot of it was very overhyped. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, there were seminars back then. And I attended one of the seminars. So I wanted to see, you know, what was going on. And when I walked out of the seminar, people were delusioned. They had dollar signs in their eyes. All they could see was, I want to make a video on any subject, and I'm going to retire.
1: <laughs> yeah, wow.
0: And that's and these people walked out. I went to dinner with them, and they were all sitting there going, you know, I, I, saying, I'm going to retire. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to put in for early retirement since we get home. You know, They're going to make a, a fortune making special interest videos. And they came up with some of the most horrendous topics, like how to shampoo your carpets. You know, that's not one that's really going to sell, you know. Um, how, you know, how to clean out and organize your garage. You know, that's something that, you know, people aren't going to rush out and buy a video on. You know, they, they want to buy a video that's based on their interest.
1: I bought Some that people, video, you know, Dave.
0: Oh, did you? No, <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm just kidding. You're the one. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm the one person who bought it. How to clean out your garage. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, there was one lady that did one on how to make cat toys. And the thing was, is she's selling, selling you a video on how to make cat toys. By the time you get done making these little cat toys, they were costing you two or three times as much money as if you just go to the store and buy a cat toy. <laughs> you know, and she she not understand why it wasn't selling. I bought that like, one too, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're the one. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm the one.
0: Yeah, because she is. she only sold I think one or two copies of that video.
1: Oh and my like, goodness.
0: Okay, but people back then got so caught up in this hype. Of making money and ads were running in the computer magazine saying make two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, you know I'll show you how, you know, yeah. you know you, you got to kind of take what they were saying back then with a grain of salt and say well you know you're not going to make it but there were people back then making a lot of money with it. Yeah, we made a lot of money with it over the course of a couple of years with a, just a Tandy video. Uh, I know other guys, Steve Bolander of um, Video Camp Productions, he made a ton of money off of his MX fifty videos. Wow.
1: I mean, they. they it's, it sounds like they were making more money than the videographers were on, on selling the idea that you can make money.
0: Yes, they were.
1: Yeah, that's, they were. Yeah, that's sad. In fact,
0: the interesting thing is that the people that were out there promoting how to make money with your special interest videos back then, um, again, they were selling you the information. Yeah. And at that point, they were the ones making the money and not the people actually buying the videotapes. And one of the problems was is if they were really making that much money, why didn't they stay in business more than a couple of years? Yeah. You know, they kind of got in got out, and they kind of moved on to do other things. So (laughs) uh, they really weren't making the money they were claiming they were making either.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. All right, so let's do it right here. Let's take the business approach. Uh, let's, let's just summarize your book. Your book is for free on your website, studio1productions.com, and we'll put right. a link to it in the show notes of the podcast. So let's kind of summarize this on, on the right way of doing a special interest video. So what is the first step? I mean, can we just go out there and choose anything, uh, you know, a, a topic that we're interested in, or should we just, I mean, what would be the first step?
0: Well, you want to have a topic that people are going to throw money at. Uh, in other words, people are going to spend money on, um, like, for example, model railroading, uh, model airplanes, dog training, horse training, mm. um, you know, things like that. Any kind of video that people spend their money on as a hobby, okay? okay. Just to come up with any topic, you're just, uh, you know, like how to make homemade ice cream, you know, it's not going to sell, okay? Um, I find that videos that are very geared towards specific markets tend to do much better, like with, uh, for example, horse horse training. Okay. If you have a quarter horse, okay, they have, they're kind of a laid-back, relaxed horse versus a thoroughbred, which is kind of a high-strung horse, you're going to have two different types of training videos there on training a quarter horse versus training a thoroughbred. Mm. But if you just do horse training, it will apply to everybody, but it's not going to be specific enough that it's going to be a, a super-solid seller. If you make it quarter horse training or thoroughbred training, you're going to have a winner because you've targeted your market very specifically, and people that have that, they spend a lot of money on their animals. They yeah. spend a lot of money on horses and horse magazines, things like that. They're going to buy that kind of a video.
1: Yeah. Now, does does the Internet kind of ruin this idea, you think? I mean, can I just go on YouTube, for example, and say, okay, uh, equestrian training, and see a little video there? I mean, does it hurt the market for, for special interest videos?
0: Some people say yes. Other people say no. I don't believe it does, because some of the stuff I've seen on YouTube isn't that great. Yeah. Um the first off the video is small, it's usually blurry or fuzzy from the ones I've seen. Some of them look pretty good, but most of them are not really well shot. Uh the lighting is usually kind of poor and the information is conveyed is not generally as good as what you're going to get in a video that you're paying for.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, and not only that, it's much longer. You you have the support. You know, if you have a question or something, you can call the videographer or the trainer, and you know, get more information. You know, YouTube, Correct. you just watch it, you're done. Right. All right. So, what are some other things to consider when you select a topic? So, selecting a topic, uh, a niche market would be a better thing to do. Uh, so, what are, what's what are some other things to consider?
0: Well, when you're when you're looking at the market, you want to make sure that there is a base of support, in other words, magazines, internet websites, um, you know, chat rooms, anything like that, that that you can find out there that you can kind of promote your video through. Okay. In other words, like if you're going to do a video on, like one gentleman did on Robert's Rules of Order, okay, he was very interested in parliamentary procedure, and he thought everybody <laughs> in the world would be too, and he came out with a video on Robert's Rules of Order.
1: Oh my God. And
0: he sold, believe it or not, to a couple of libraries, and that was about it. So he did sell a few copies, but it was not worth his time or effort. But it's not something that people have a big interest in. You've got to go after stuff that people have an interest in. Mm. Also, you got to make sure that, like, if you're going to do a video, uh, like, remember when Beanie Babies were real popular? Yes. Okay, a guy did a video on the Beanie Baby craze. <laughs> and the problem, and it, 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 I'll tell you, it was not a bad idea, but he had the video price too high. He was pricing, I believe, right around like thirty bucks a copy. People were buying five dollar Beanie Babies. They're not gonna spend thirty dollars <laughs> on a video to show them the all about Beanie Baby collection.
1: I bought but that one, had- David. I bought that one too.
0: Did you? Boy, no. You bought a lot of these. Only, yeah.
1: <laughs> I actually remember that video. Okay.
0: But when he brought the video price down <laughs> as he was closing it out, it started selling like hotcakes because it right. got more in their price reach. Right. So you've got to find a market that people have disposable income and that they put it into. Not a market that's a very inexpensive market. If the market is a poor market where they don't spend a lot of money on the product, then it's not going to be a market that I'd put a video out in
1: now what's what what's what's the hot price say nineteen ninety five or or what price is too high, what price is too low? I mean, what would you suggest charging uh, for a video?
0: pricing's hard <laughs> yeah well, I'll tell you it it depends sometimes um videos that are priced too high shy people away from them like forty
1: dollars um, that's too high.
0: Well, it depends on the market for example the 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 sony e x one video that we're selling is a hundred dollar video Wow. Okay, it's on two DVDs hundred dollar video and I had a few people balk at the price but once they get the video they go oh this is worth every penny but you also you're looking at a, an expensive six seven eight thousand dollar camera
1: yeah that's true
0: so for them to spend a hundred bucks on getting up and running with nothing fast and quick and easy to to them it's worth it now a consumer now see that's that's dealing with a pro market with a consumer consumer video prices I'm gonna say anywhere from 1995 to as much as twenty nine ninety five. ninety five it's going to be right near... your is right where you want to keep it at. Anything beyond that starts to get out of the reach of most consumers. It's not disposable income. Yeah. it's a it's a thought process. They got to really think. Well, do I really want to spend that much money on that video? Yeah, you know, uh, I've got some other videos here that are priced very inexpensively, and they don't do well at all. When we raised the price on them, they started selling.
1: Really, I, I you know, you're not the first person I've heard that from. You know, if you raise the price on it, people you know they start selling. Why is that? Why? What is the trigger?
0: Well, they think a lot of it is is people look at a video and if it's nine ninety five, they think it's too cheap. If the information is not that going to be that good for nine ninety five. I'm not spending my money on it. Uh-huh. Other people look at it and they kind of go, well, for ten bucks, I'll spend my money on it. And you know, if it's bad, it's bad. You know, but what happens is is the the value of the video gets up higher. People kind of go, okay, well, this is a little more expensive. It's like twenty bucks, thirty bucks, forty bucks for the video. They kind of look at it and they kind of go, well. All right, I'll, I'll pop for the money and I'll get it. But then you lose the other people. On the other hand, that won't spend much money on training. So that's why pricing is very difficult. I try to keep things between twenty nine, uh, actually between nineteen ninety five and about twenty nine ninety five. Yeah. Um You know, I've got a few that are higher. Like my MX fifty videos are higher, and they still sell well. People say, "Oh, you got to lower the price and you'll sell more." I'm thinking, eh, it doesn't work. I put them on sale for about six months one time for twenty nine ninety five, and they just didn't go anywhere. I didn't really? sell any wow the sales just stopped as soon as I put the price back up to forty nine people kind of went back in and said, "Okay, I'll buy it Wow, and the reason behind that was is the guys that were looking for information in the m x fifty videos were looking at it and saying twenty nine ninety five that can't be that good for three volumes that can't be that good you know, and as soon as I put the price up for forty nine ninety five they, they it gives that higher price gave them confidence because they have a higher price piece of equipment,
1: yeah. Wow! Now you've been in business since 1993, so you kind of uh, have your thumb on the market and people buying these kinds of videos. So you know you know what you're talking about, basically.
0: Yeah, we've been around the block a few times now. <laughs> yeah,
1: so so you know what you're talking about. You know the trends and what and what people go through. And and I would have never known that. You know, the higher price would probably be the best price to go. I mean, if your video is only like 20 minutes and you and it really you know it took you a week to produce, to, you know, don't charge $100 for it because it's just not right. going to sell, you know. So kind of put your thumb on the market, and that's what I'm getting from it, at least from you.
0: Yeah, well, you know, one of the things is also the length of the video. That's, that's also a good thing for determining the price. A 30-minute video, I want to say, you know, don't go too expensive on it. If it's a four-hour video, then, yeah, you can get a little bit more money for it, you know. Um, some of the videos I have that are, like, three hours long and stuff, you know, 50 60 bucks not a problem yeah yeah that's yeah, understandable
1: um, you can justify the price
0: yeah but a 20 minute video 30 minute videos i try to keep the price down to where it's more reasonable and it also depends on the topics you know like if you have a video that's geared towards beginners um beginners are not going to spend a lot of money i mean they're not going to go out and spend 50 bucks on a video they're, they're going to maybe 20 <laughs> okay yeah. you know uh they're going to be in that price range guys that are intermediate or advanced they'll spend more money Uh, They'll spend a little bit more money on videos. And again, it depends upon the content of the video and how long the video is and what all is covered. And if it's something that they can learn better from a video than reading a manual.
1: Right. So I know that our conversation last time before we did this interview was, uh, you know, we were talking about doing a camcorder that you buy from Walmart and doing a special interest video. That's not going to cut it sometimes.
0: Sometimes, no, although I'll tell you, with the advances they now have in some of the digital camcorders out there, you can actually get away with making a decent video with an inexpensive camcorder. Now, a lot of guys are going to balk at that and say, oh, no, you've got to shoot with three-chip. It's got to be a high-end camera, you know, uh, <laughs> a Fujian lens. You know, it, it, it Really, it depends upon the type of video. I know a couple people who have done videos since reading this uh, our book. Um, they've done some excellent videos and one gentleman did his using a uh... a sony mini dv camera that he bought at uh... I think it was best buy he didn't even spend a thousand dollars on the camera it's a single chip camera Um he's using adobe premiere elements and he's using adobe photoshop elements which as a combined package is a hundred fifty dollar software package wow. and he does all this editing with that and it's hmm. it basically cuts and dissolves only nothing real fancy and he's got a really nice video out, and I was very surprised he sent me a copy of the video uh It was a special interest video he did as for um up touring washington d c wow. you know and it it was it all shot single chip it but it actually came out pretty good
1: yeah.
0: And he doesn't sell it. That, it's not expensive. It's only a $20 video, and it, it's, but it shows you how to get around. He shows maps and pictures and things like that, and highlights and what times are best times to hit certain areas. And he's actually, he actually sells it primarily overseas now, and he says it actually does very well. In the United States, he says it does pretty good. He said he does better overseas for a lot of the tourists coming in. Uh, they want to see what to see when they get here. Wow. So, he said it, it actually for he said a couple hundred dollars, he says for software and a thousand dollar camera and then a regular PC, he said which he picked up for about a grand, he said he produced this video. Oh.
1: Uh, so it's all about content. It's not really not about quality sometimes. People don't care about that.
0: Well, people want the content and they want the quality too, but the quality is starting to become, you know, less and less of a problem yeah. with mini D V and H D V cameras. I mean I, I, I've seen some stuff shot with some of these little um, – oh, Panasonic has it out. It's a HDV camera that uses AVC format. You It know, goes all to a little memory card, and the quality is fantastic. It's a little three-chip camera. It, no, it's not going to be as great as, say, a Z1U or the EX-1, but it's a good camera yeah. for shooting the special interest video, and I've seen stuff done with it, and it looks really good.
1: Yeah, some of these cameras today, like the like the flip camera – that's really good quality, too, believe it or not. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. make a special interest video with it, but it's, uh, you know, it's a pretty good video. All right, yeah. so, we, so we have our topic, Dave, and we have our price. We set our price down. Now, how do we market this thing? What's the best method to market our video?
0: Well, there's a couple different ways. Um, one of the ways to market it is the Internet, and that's probably going to be the best and least expensive way to, Internet, uh, to, um, to market it, is using the Internet. And with that, you want to talk about it on some of the chat boards. If you see somebody up there on a chat board that's talking about training a dog, um, you can say, hey, I've got this video that we've produced. You know, you might want to take a look at it. Um, and then send them to your website. The other way is magazine advertising. And a lot of people nowadays kind of thumb their nose at magazine advertising because it's it's expensive and it is costly. But the number of people that you're going to hit is pretty darn good. Because not everybody goes onto the internet looking for look, Spending times and looking for information in the chat rooms. A lot of people just use it for shopping. A lot of people use it for um, to go to specific websites. So I find a combination of internet and magazines to be very, very, very good.
1: Mm. So if you have a video about uh, dog grooming, for example, you would advertise in a, a dog-related magazine. If you have a, a camcorder-related video, you know you would go. You know you would go into a niche magazine to advertise your product. You wouldn't go. Uh, you know, dog grooming wouldn't go in a bicycle magazine, basically.
0: No, 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 and that's the other thing is, is one of the things is, is when you're doing a special interest video, you gotta keep your topic, you know, kind of specific. If you make it too generalized, it's not going to go real good. Like I know somebody who did one on um, barbecue techniques for barbecuing on a grill. Um, he tried advertising in some magazines like TV Guide magazine and uh-huh. uh, some of the. I think the other one was Premier magazine. And he tried a couple of different national type magazines. He really didn't move anything. But when he started going into uh, food, and home and garden type magazines, he sold yeah. real well. Yeah, so good. So the magazines are excellent for target marketing your, you know, your video. The one thing I will say, when you go into magazine ads, don't get carried away with the advertising. Yeah. Um, the magazine ad reps try to tend to upsell you on larger ads and bigger ads and it's, it's more visibility. And that's not always true. It's, it is for some things, but it's not always true. I always tell people start off with a small ad and see how it runs. Put it up on the internet. Uh, talk about it on some of the news groups, um, banner ads. Whatever blogs. You, yeah, blogs. Whatever you can get it out there for, get it out there. And then see how the market goes.
1: Now, you get into detail about the magazine reach in the in in an article here, on in this booklet, this PDF book. So, uh, you know, if you wanted more information about the magazine reach and how to find out, you know, what a magazine actually reaches, the truth behind it, you talk about it in the article there, which is really, really good, by the way.
0: Yeah. In fact, I just called another magazine this past year. <laughs> they're claiming that they're, their reps are telling me they're going out to over 60,000 people. What happened was is when he... Printed their statement of circulation in the December issue of their magazine. I went through and looked. Now a lot of times they jumble it together, so it's very hard to read. Sometimes they actually print an actual copy of the uh, statement of circulation. But anyhow, they said their paid subscribers were only twenty-seven thousand people. Pass along and free distribution was like another three or four thousand, and leftover copies was close to thirty thousand leftover copies. Wow, of a magazine. I'm going whoa. And what they do. And- See, people say, well, why are they waste the money doing that? Well, sometimes when they're printing magazines, they have to have a minimum amount to have right. printed. So they'll print that, and then what they do is they, then the advertisers will go out and say, hey, we, you know, we have over 60,000 copies of our magazine going out every month or out there every month. Okay, yeah. and That's not true. Yeah. And so I only go by actual paid subscribers right. or actual mailed subscribers, and the reason for that is, is those are the people I know that are actually getting the magazine. And I'm not counting on what the advertiser is saying that they're going out to because they tend to fudge numbers.
1: Yeah. And there's more information about that in the article, which is really, really good stuff. Now, you also talk about, um, uh, you know, you talk about what price you should charge, the market research, doing small ads. I mean, in your experience, what have you found to be the best method to advertise?
0: I use a variety of things. I use magazines and I use the internet. Although I'm pulling out of the magazines little by little, um, because, or actually, I shouldn't say pulling out. I'm reducing the ad sizes. Uh, and mm-hmm. some magazines have pulled out completely, and I only run like maybe once every three months in certain magazines. Uh, it just, it really, it just depends upon um, your market. Like I said, it's it, it, for the video market and for video type instructional videos. Magazines work great, and so does the internet. For other markets, such as, like say, horse training, you're not going to find a lot on the Internet. You'll find mm-hmm. more in the magazines.
1: Yeah, that's and a good, that's a good
0: point. Is, and the reason for that is, is people that have horses spend their time out in the barn with a the horse. They don't spend their time sitting in front of a computer. Right. They get their, <laughs> they get their magazine in, and in the evenings after it's dark, they sit and they read through their magazines at night. So for them, that's a perfect way of, of getting the information. They really don't go to the Internet for uh, instructional videos and for information on horses they they may look up a problem if a horse is sick or if a horse is stumbling or a horse has a a limb they may look something like that up, but they 're not going to go there for for enjoyment for research that type of stuff yeah uh, they give the for magazines for more for that
1: yeah that 's a good point. Now, before we do all of this, we should have actually gone into this beforehand, is before we actually go out there into the market and start advertising, putting the price down, telling people about it, I mean, how do we know this thing is going to work? I mean, is there some kind of uh, guerrilla market research that we can do?
0: Some people do it that way, and some people just make the video and stick it out there. Um, It it really depends. What I like to do is, I like to kind of go into some of the different uh, news groups or chat rooms uh, or message boards and see what people are talking about and see what information they're looking for. And then say, you know, sometimes you might say, does anybody know of a video out there that covers editing Adobe Premiere? Okay. And then if you come back and you say, oh, yeah, there's like 10 of them out there, I kind of go, okay, that's not a good topic. It's already flooded. If somebody comes back and says, no, I wish they had one, Hmm. then you kind of go, oh, that would be good. (laughs) There's a good idea. And then you kind of take it and run with it. Now, as far as the pricing goes, you kind of got to, you know, kind of gauge what your market's willing to do. Um, if you're making a an instructional video, say on Adobe Premiere Pro, um, it's a six seven hundred dollar program. You're going to be, you can probably charge you know fifty to one hundred dollars for the video. Hmm. If you're going to do one on Adobe Premiere Elements, which is a hundred dollar program, you're probably only going to be charging about twenty bucks to twenty nine ninety five for the video. $29.95 might even be a stretch. Right. Uh, at 20 bucks you'll probably get better sales and make it up in the long run there. So, but I would go out and just look in the marketplace, do some research, see what's out there. Um, go to the magazine, see if people are advertising videos on this subject. Uh, talk about um, possibly producing a video on this subject up on the web. See what kind of feedback you get. The web is great for that because you get feedback within a day or two. Yeah. And then once you've got it, you can sit down and go. But I get all your ducks lined up first. Before you even mention it up on the web, because the minute you get a go from there, you've got to be ready to start shooting and get it out.
1: Right, that's a good. You don't good want point. to
0: sit around and ponder because somebody else might beat you to the punch. That's right, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we don't want that. We right. don't want that. Some great information here. Now, when the now, how do I start seeing? When do I start seeing some sales? I mean, on on videos like this, is it quick, immediate?
0: It, it depends how you're advertising. If you put it up on the web you're, and you start promoting yourself up on the web with the video, you can start seeing sales within a day or two. Uh, I know I, when I have come out with new products, uh, I've announced them up on a website, and within the day of announcing them, I'm getting sales. Yeah. Uh, magazine ads can take anywhere from um, anywhere from six weeks to 90 days before they start showing up in the magazines. So you have a delay time there. Uh, but I would say definitely the web. The web gets it out instantly.
1: Yeah, the Internet is great, isn't it? I mean, it just beats everybody else out. You know, it's it's incredible what the web does.
0: It does, and there's a lot of people that are marketing videos strictly through the web, and that's the only place they advertise because their advertising costs are so low, their marketing costs are so low. They exchange links, they talk to other people. Um, It's it's great that way, and you can get quick and fast response.
1: It's immediate networking with thousands of people. You know, as soon as you put the word out, it just you know stretches and goes everywhere. It's incredible. Right. It's good stuff. Now, David, when I was reading your book, I'm asking myself, why doesn't he sell this on his website? You know, why doesn't he sell this as a download? Why are you giving this for free?
0: Basically, just to give something back to the market. You know, there's and also to, to disperse a lot of hype about this. We've got a lot of articles on our website, and are a lot of them are getting older, and a lot of them are older articles and stuff. But they're still good information. We decided to put this book together and just give it away and just say, here it is. This is how you do it. Because people have a tendency to then read this and kind of say, hey, this is a great idea. And it gets more people involved in producing videos
1: yeah and this is not hype I mean your book is not hype it is uh, you know straightforward from the hip uh, kind of shooting information and uh, you basically have the experience in, in behind the information here and I think it's a great book it's for free studio one number one productionscom studio number one productions com you can download this book for free we'll put a link to it in the show notes David thank you very much for coming on the DV show and uh, I encourage everyone to download this book
0: you're welcome and we're going to be doing an update to the book uh, probably within the next 30 to 45 days. We're just going to be getting them maybe probably about another 8 to 10 pages to it. Uh, but you know, And we're going to do that constantly throughout the year. So, I mean, you know, um, as new stuff comes up, we will be getting new information into the book.
1: Awesome. I'll be looking forward to it, and I'll definitely download it, and hopefully our listeners do, too. Again, Studio One, number one, productions.com. And uh, we'll put a link to the book and the website in the show notes of this podcast. David, thanks again. Well, thank you.